0: Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as a foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation.
1: Hey, welcome back to the program. We are blessed that you have decided to take some time out of your day and spend it with us here at Shouts of Grace. Um, We are always blessed to be able to bring God's Word um, to our listeners and to make sense of it, apply it to our lives, um, to where um, it, it actually impacts us. And so for those of you that might be new to Shouts of Grace uh, we want to say welcome and let you know that um, we have a number of past broadcasts that you can uh, go on to and listen. Um, you can simply go to our website at shoutsofgraceradio.com. That's shoutsofgraceradio.com, and there we have probably 130 135 episodes um, that you can uh, glean from and we hope that that blesses you and if you are a return listener um, as always we want to say thank you thank you for your support your prayers um, as we take the gospel and we outreach to our neighborhoods our community our county and the state of Utah um, today I have um, one of my very very good friends uh, pastor Joe Funicello in studio with me today how are you doing my friend Doing good, thank you, Steve. Good, good. Um, and we are going to talk about something that that I think a lot of times, um, you know, we don't really think about, uh, Joe. When you know, I think a lot of times we we think as as people, even as Christians, we think that um, we're kind of on an island by ourselves. We're almost isolated, meaning that that what we do doesn't really affect other people, right? And but but the truth is oftentimes what we do affects other people it's not just us um and so today what i want to do joe is i want us to kind of unpack a a a, you know a very familiar story in scripture um but but something that i think a lot of times um we don't really put a lot of deep thought into and that's and that's the story of what happens when joshua leads the children of israel um over the jordan and into this new promised land, which they were called to have to fight for. There was an enemy entrenched in land, and the enemy was going to fight back. And so one of the things that God does first— is he lets them know that as they cross this land, you know, as they cross the Jordan River, they're going to come to this place called Jericho. It was their first city, you know. Um I I I've heard people say that and I haven't really looked into it myself, but I've heard people say that there were 10 major battles in the book of Joshua, and so the first battle, the first 10th, everything there belonged to the Lord, meaning that as they fought jericho and they had a unique way of fighting jericho but as they fought at jericho when they took that city all that was in it god commanded belonged to him they were all the riches they weren't supposed to touch them they were dedicated to the lord and so we know the story joe and joshua chapter 6 where god tells them, this is how we're going to fight the battle you're going to go And you're going to walk around the city one time each day for six days. And then on the seventh day, you're going to walk around the city seven times. You're going to scream at the top of your lungs, blow the trumpet. And you're not going to have to do anything. You know, the, the walls are going to fall. And he says, and when the walls fall and you go in, this is on Joshua 6, all that's there, the gold, the silver, everything belongs to me. You're not to take one part of it, right? And so they do. The problem is, is we're told that, um, a person does take something, right? And so I want to pick up the story in Joshua um, chapter seven, verse one. As 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 they come out of Jericho, told not to touch a single thing. It says in Je- in Joshua seven one, the Israelites, however, were unfaithful regarding the things that were set apart for destruction in Jericho. Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah. Took some of what was set apart, and the Lord's anger burned against the Israelites. Joshua then sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Bethaven, east of Bethel, and told them, "Go up and sound um, and scout the land." So that the men went up and they scouted Ai. After returning to Joshua, they reported to him, "Don't send all the people, but just send about two thousand or three thousand men." To attack Ai, since the people of Ai are so few, don't wear out all the people there. So about 3,000 men went up there, but they fled from the men of Ai. The men of Ai struck down about 36 of them and chased them from the outside city gate to the quarries, striking them down on the descent. As a result, the people lost heart. When Joshua tore his clothes, and then he fell and faced down to the ground before the ark of the Lord until evening, as did the elders of Israel, they all put dust on their heads. O oh Lord God, Joshua said, why did you ever bring these people across the Jordan to hand us over to the Amorites for our, in, for our destruction? If only we had been content to remain on the other side of the Jordan. What can I say, Lord, now that Israel has turned its back and run from its enemy? When the Canaanites and all who live in this land hear about this, they will surround us and they'll wipe out our name from the earth. Then what will you do about your great name? The Lord then said to Joshua, Stand up. Why have you fallen face down? Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant. I appointed for them. They have taken some of what was set apart. They have stolen, deceived, and put those things with, within their own belongings. This is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemy. They will turn their backs and run from their enemy because they have been set apart for destruction. I will no longer be with you unless you remove from among you what is set apart. Go and consecrate the people. Tell them to consecrate themselves for tomorrow, for this is what the Lord God of Israel says. There are things that are set apart among you, Israel. You have not been able to stand against your enemy until you remove what is set apart. And so, Joe, very, very interesting lot here. Very interesting setup. Um, Just to kind of recap and then throw something over to you is, um, you know, they go and they have this great victory in Jericho right? And it's totally the Lord's doing. And then they go into this very small little place called AI and they send some scouts out and the scouts come back and say, yeah, we don't need to send everybody. This is an insignificant enemy. It really doesn't matter. Let's just send a couple thousand, do business, don't worry the people. So the couple thousand, the 3,000 go and they get their tails kicked, right? 36 people die as a result. And word comes back to Joshua, hey, um, you know that great victory you just had at Jericho? Well, guess what? It's been capped by a, by a massive defeat from an infant. Inferior enemy and joshua falls down before god and he starts praying and he starts saying lord i don't get it i don't get what happened here like like we 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 stood against jericho now we can't even stand have you brought us out to die on you know in front of an insignificant enemy the whole land is going to hear about this and they're not going to be afraid of what's going on they're going to come and they're going to wipe us out and god says something interesting he says joshua get up there is an an, another version would say there is sin in the camp and you're, you fell before your enemy because of the sin that's in the camp, and you cannot stand before your enemy until you remove the sin that's in the camp. Joe, you've been a believer for a long time, right? And I think a lot of times, I think you would agree, when we sin, we have a, a very one-track mind that somehow it's just us. If I take it and I get caught, it only affects me. If I think it, it only affects me, Right. And we think that our sin is confined to just personal damage, but that's not the case here at all.
2: No, no. And, and if you take this down to its smallest uh, unit, you know this affected the entire uh, children of Israel that came out of of Jericho and into victory, and they're they're moving, uh, and all of a sudden they have this big defeat. But if you take it all the way down. If it's, let's say it is just you, you're, 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 you're not married. You don't have a family, you know, and, and you can say, I I live in the woods. It's just me, but it affects you. Because your walls are going to be broken down and the enemy's going to be able to attack you. But most of us don't live on an island or live out in the woods. We are part of a community of believers and friends and fellowship. And now all of a sudden, you can't in- encourage them and pour in their lives because you're being defeated. You've given over. So it affects every single one of us and every single aspect of our lives, our families, our jobs, um, everything that we do. Instead of walking in like, Israel could have in the power of God for victory that he had set up for them. We walk in defeat.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I want to talk a little. I want to talk a little bit more about that in a minute about just this idea of how it impacts others. But you said something and I just thought, huh, you know, it, it, it's not Joe. It's not that when we sin, we can't we can't move forward because if that's the case, who's going to move forward, right? I mean, we all sin, you know, and so that's not what we're talking about. But there's something very specific about what he's saying here. This was a sin that was hidden. This was something that Joshua didn't know about. Joshua made decisions to send people into battle to put other people's lives on the line because he felt all was right. So what Achan did isn't that he just sinned because we all sin, but he hid his sin, he hid his sin from, from the people. He hid his sin f- basically from God, which you can't really do because God sees it all. And that's really what we're talking about, right? When when we say we can't stand before our enemy, it's because when we sin and we hide it, we're not honest with God. We're not honest with who's over us, right? That's the part that is most damaging, is it not?
2: Yes, yes. And and, and so you you try to put that behind your back instead of like what the Bible says in First in John if you confess your sins he's faithful and just to forgive you from all sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness so there is an honest open relationship between you and god and if you don't want to recognize that he's seen that he will teach you those lessons the hard way
1: yeah and, and i tell you what you know i i think i think you know well let me ask you this because it doesn't make any sense like why why would people hide their sin because the the, the truth is we've all done that at some point what's the deal there why are we hiding our sin
2: Uh, well if you look at go all the way back to the beginning and you have our our you know adam and eve the ones that started all they hid themselves Hmm. they hid it. it had to be shame shame of oh my gosh look at me i'm naked i'm open before god and i feel shame and for whatever reason shame makes you want to hide and turn and run instead of realizing That the one who gave his son and put all his sins upon him wants to take this from you and give you victory. But shame keeps you back. And then the enemy, of course, is whispering that whole time like the serpent. The enemy will be saying, things. look at you. You can't go to God. Look who you are. Look, look at your failures. And you call yourself a Christian.
1: Hmm. In in the wake of this, God tells Joshua, "Hey, there's there's sin inside the camp. You, you need to get the sin out." And so Joshua calls, and I don't want to talk about this on the other side of the break. Joshua calls um the families together, the tribes together. He separates them from the tribe, he separates the family from the tribes, and then he separates Achan's family and and he asks Achan, "Hey, give glory to God. What have you done?" Right? There's something going on here. And then Achan says in verse 20, he says um to Joshua, "It's true, I have sinned against the Lord." He goes on and say, I've coveted, I've taken, I've taken and I've hidden these things that I wasn't supposed to. And so, and so even, even after he confesses, even after Aiken confesses, a very harsh judgment comes to him, not just him but his family as well. And so I want to talk about a little bit more about that on the other side of the break. You're listening to Shouts of Grace, and we will be right back.
0: You're listening to Shouts of Grace with Pastor Steve, the radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. For more information about Redemption Hill, you can visit our website at rhutah.church. Shouts of Grace Radio is thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Now. Let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's conversation.
1: Hey, welcome back to the program I'm in the studio today with Pastor Joe Funicella from Redemption Hill Church. Um, and Joe, before the break, we were just talking about this idea of um, of Achan um, taking something that he wasn't supposed to take, that God commanded. And when he was separated, when he was told to confess, he did so. And he said, I sinned, I've coveted. But, but the result of that, the consequence of that, was that him and his family were stoned. Him and his family were, were killed as a result of it. And so, Joe, talk about, that almost seems harsh. You know, when I, when I look at that, it's like, okay, well, you confessed. Like, you know, you confessed your sin. And I thought if we confess our sin, you know, there's mercy and there's grace. It's like, why why such what seems to be a harsh judgment? I confessed. I confessed. Why?
2: Well, um, I, I think two things. You know, God will of course, cleanse us. And that's his faithfulness. Um, anytime we come to him, but there are consequences. Mm. If I live a life and, 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 and live a way that I'm turning my back on God and I'm following sin, it could be your marriage, your family, your job, whatever it is, you just think about people that get involved in drugs or, or alcohol or whatever. Then they're they're not showing up for work and they're doing these things and and all of a sudden they're God has forgiven them but there are there are consequences and I think also if you look at this and you go to the book of Acts and Ananias and Sapphira, God is setting up a standard. He's saying this is how important this is to not be. Uh, uh, involved in sin and not do things. Ananias, Sapphira, it says great grace was upon them all. And they were giving they weren't commanded to do this. They were giving things and they were sharing things with each other. So nobody was lacking, but in order to make themselves look, look better, Ananias, Sapphira said, Hey, I sold this for this amount. Well, they really didn't. And then Peter says, well, why have you lied to the Holy spirit? You've, why have you lied to God? You, you lied to the Holy spirit. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, they, they get struck down by the Lord. And so I think in the children of Israel's beginning and the church's beginning, God is laying out this is there are consequences and this is horrific to do. And so don't don't be involved in these things.
1: Yeah. And, and I would add to that, too, is, you know, Joe, in our house, we, we let our kids know from the earliest of ages, look. Um, if you blow it and you sin and and you come and you confess because God's worked in your heart and you feel conviction and you come and say, hey, I, I know you guys don't know this, but, but I've blown it and I want to let you know, you're going to receive a very different response from us as parents. As opposed to if you get caught doing something right mm. when when you when you come and you confess something that I don't know or wouldn't know what you are showing is the imprint of God's spirit working in your own life convicting you of something and you want to lay it down and you can't live with it right that's a very different response from a parent cuz I'm going to look at that and go okay well the whole idea of punishment is to produce a conviction that you 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 know that you were wrong but if God's already already convicted you like what what else can I do right what's a punishment going to do but if I find out you did something and you have hidden it that is going to be a very different response because now you are going to receive a discipline, whereas opposed on the other side, even if you did receive a discipline, it would have been much less. And so I think of the same thing here, Joe, is like Aiken didn't just come confess it. Aiken hit it in his tent. Yeah. and And yeah. so and so had he come and said, hey, I felt conviction afterwards. I, I believe, you know, there might have been a consequence, but would it have been death when you are found out in and, and Scripture says, be sure your sin will find you out yeah. at some point? You know, if you're if, if, if you're going to you're going to be found out, then then that consequence like you're talking about, it's going to be more more harsh. Right. Yeah. Because here's the and here's the hard thing. If if you're found out like Achan was found out and, you, and tell us what you've done. OK, I've sinned when somebody's busted you know if you got a cookie in your hand and your mom says you know you took the cookie from the cookie jar and you're like okay yeah you're right (laughs) because it's in your hand right it's like i'm not going to know if what you are saying is really a conviction that you feel or it's something you're saying because you've been busted and you've been caught and so it is a different scenario is it not when you get caught as opposed to when you confess
2: yes and and you know maybe if you, you see here if if Achan had, uh, you know, he, he did what he did, and he he took that, and he buried it in his tent, and then maybe God's Spirit was working in his life, and he just hid all that. If he had gone to Joshua and say, look, before they even went to Ai, before they went to the battle and, and lost 36 men in, in that, listen, I, I've blown it. I, I've done this here. I bring it to you, and I, I throw myself before you. God maybe speaks to Joshua and say, hmm. Joshua, this man, you know, it could have been completely different for, for Achan. Instead of being judged and had this fall upon him and his whole family, it could have been such a thing as uh, to, to the Lord speaks to Joshua. He could have said something like, what he has done has shown honor. You know what I mean? He's come before me and do not strike him down and do not do these things. Hmm. And, and 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 God uses that as an example of somebody that has, even though they failed, God's with them with mercy and victory because they came forward with it.
1: That's right. So, that's right. And because, you know, I think a lot of times people say, well, the God of the Old Testament is mean and the God of the New Testament yeah. is nice. It's like if, yeah. if, if you look at the declaration of God's character, I believe it's in Exodus chapter 33, when God declares who he is to Moses, he he talks about his character. He says, Gracious kind, yeah. slow to anger, abounding in mercy, yes. right? But not not excusing the guilty, right? Yeah. And and so that's God's character in the Old Testament as well. So I, I absolutely believe that that had he done that, you know, he God would have God would have extended him some sort of mercy. May, maybe the consequences would have would have still been there, but maybe not death, you know. Yes. We, we we don't know, we but, don't know. But, but but here's the thing I want to talk about in the in the remaining time we have. Um Joe is Achan's sin Hurt him for sure, but it wasn't just him right it yeah. hurt other people First of all it, it hurt 36 men that gave their that ended up dying that may not have had to die Yeah, but it wasn't just them it it was the whole camp of Israel because if you remember it says when they lost the whole Israelites lost heart the Israelites lost heart heart because of a defeat that came because one person sinned but it wasn't just the fact that 36 men died it wasn't the fact that the whole camp lost heart his family paid the price dearly. It says his sons and his daughters all perished because of his sin. And I think back in Scripture, this isn't an isolated thing. I think back in Numbers 16 with Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, three men that were greedy and hungry for power and said to Moses, well, who said you can only hear from God, right? And so they went and it says they convinced 250 renowned men who convinced the whole camp of Israel. And what ended up happening is Moses told them, he said, okay, well, let's see who God's for. Come out tomorrow. And so those all those people came out and it says "It says that Moses said if, if you die in a common way then I'm not from God but if you die in a really weird way then I'm from God and the ground opens up and it kills Dathan, and Abiram all their family and the 250 renowned men right and so All those people died because of three people's greed for power. But it wasn't over because what happened the very next day, we're told, is that the whole camp of Israel complained and said, you killed the people of God. And a plague broke out and 14,700 people died in addition to those Korah, Dathan, and Abiram's family and the 250 renowned men. So do the math. You've got over 15,000 people to die because of three people's greed, right? Mm. And so... You can go all the way back. You can go back into the garden. One person's desire to know has impacted everybody. Joe, sin hurts the whole camp. It just doesn't hurt me when I partake of it. Isn't that not true?
2: That's true. It's like you alluded to it. You can just see it. And if you think of what cancer does, it's a cancer that runs through. Cancer kills its host and affects everybody around it. And the same thing with sin. Sin will kill the host and take it to the ground Uh, to the grave and uh, affect everybody around them.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and, and I don't care what sin it is, you know, like we may think, well, there's those personal sins. Like, you know, I might be an angry person. I might be a bitter person. Yeah. But scripture says that bitterness defiles many. It yeah. springs up and it defiles many. And so I, I think there's this illusion that we have, even as Christians, there's this illusion we have that, well, it, if it only impacts me, what does it matter? What, what what, what, am I really hurting? You put a society together that believes the same thing. Now you've got a whole culture that's sinning and saying, well, what difference does it matter? I can do whatever I want. It's yeah. not hurting anybody. But, Joe, it hurts a people. It hurts a person. It hurts a family. It hurts a nation, does it not? And are we not reaping that?
2: Yeah. Uh, you look at her nation, we, we sure are. So it's, it's hurting everybody.
1: Well, Hey, listen, you know, in, in the last minute that we have here on, on this episode, I, I want to appeal to the listeners about something. Um, I, I don't want you to get from this, that somehow we're saying, um, that if you sin, you know, you're some, you're some, you know, reprobate that has no hope. What we're saying is sin damages and it never tells you what it's going to damage when we take it when we watch that thing um you know on the tv screen when we when we have that conversation in private with somebody slandering somebody else or we're whatever it is we're taking something that, that we shouldn't take listen it never tells you the full consequences if you were to personify sin it doesn't say if you do this this is what's going to happen you're going to lose your marriage you're going to lose your life you are know you know you're, everything's going to des- be destroyed it never tells you, but sin always destroys. And so if you are hiding it in your, in your tent, so to speak, come into the light and confess it and God will forgive you. Don't wait to get busted by the Lord. That never works out well. And we hope that you would consider confessing your sins before God. Hey, listen, we're out of time for today. You've been listening to Shouts of Grace. We um, enjoy spending our time with you and hope that you will consider spending next week with us as well. God bless you.
0: Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope that you have been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.